Okay, so in this week's Torah portion, we learn about the reward that God gives us for keeping His commandments. And um, the Torah, in the beginning of the, the double Torah portion this week, in the beginning of the second one, it says, if you'll keep my laws, you'll guard my missus, and I'll give you rain in its season, and many other blessings. And then the Torah says, after a few verses of, of blessings, God says, I will turn my attention to you. I will make you fruitful and increase you. And I will establish my covenant with you. So, what's the meaning of turning my attention to you? So Rashi comments on this and he says, I will turn away from all of my, from all of my um, involvements, other involvements, to pay back your reward. What can this be compared to? To a king who hired workers, etc. As it says in Torah Skon. Rashi says, Hashem says, I'm going, what does it mean I'll turn to you? I'll turn away from all the other things I do to pay back your reward like a king who hires workers. So obvious question is, when you hear Rashi saying, why is, what's missing from the simple words Rashi says when Hashem says, I'll, I'll turn towards you? I'll turn towards you means that um, I'm going to pay attention to you. What's the, what's, what do we need a parable for this? And if we do need a parable, if there's something that's missing from the simple words, what's solved by the parable of the king who hires workers? What is, what is the parable meant to convey that's not in the, um, in the simple words of Rashi? And also, um, uh, what's the meaning of of Rashi saying a king who hires workers. I mean, any person can hire workers. People do hire workers. Why does Rashi specifically say a king who hires workers? What's, what's he trying to say with this? So, we find the words, I will turn to you, in a few other places in the Torah. We find this in the end of the Shabbos, Parsha we just read in Parsha Samar, when it talks about the um, people who did this idolatrous practice of passing their children through fire. Actually, it wasn't last week's parasha. It was, I'm thinking it was yesterday's Rambam. I got confused in the Chumash and the Rambam. The Torah discusses about the, the idol worship of Molech, and the Torah says that people would um, take their children and they would put them through this uh, fire, and they wouldn't burn them, but they would, as other idol worship, but they would, they would just pass them through the fire that was in the right of, of this, this, this idolatrous um, deity. So God says you can't do that to your children, and if you do, God says, I will turn to you, and I will do the opposite of blessing. So there Rashi also says the same thing, God will turn away from, from his involvements and other things and pay you back. So we know that these words, I will turn to you, um, I'll set my face upon you, no, those words mean that God's going to um, stop doing other things and pay attention to this. So why... Um, so, so why is it uh, even necessary um, for Rashi to explain it here um, when Rashi explained it in verses before, this, this expression, I'll, I'll turn my face to you, I'll turn my attention to you. You find that in, earlier on in the Torah. So it, it seems that um, we should know what this means without Rashi telling us anything. So why is there even a need for Rashi to say anything? So... Um, the, um, the answer is like this, that 
the word the Torah uses here is different than the word the Torah uses over there. The, the Torah uses a slightly different word. The, the, here, the, and before the, the Torah uses the word, I'll put my face to you. Here, the Torah uses the words, I will turn to you. So it's, it's even clearer here that God is saying, I am paying attention to you fully. I'm, everything else I'm, that, I'm, that I'm involved in doesn't matter. I'm only paying attention to you. So this is um, a unique thing that uh, it says over here, it doesn't say before, which makes it even clearer than the other verses. And therefore, it, it would seem that we don't need, need to have Rashi's to say anything. And so what, what's the purpose of his, of, of his um, going and, and telling us what this means and giving a parable of a king of hired workers? What, what, what's going on? So the, um, the Medrash, the full parable reads like this. What's the parable? The parable is there's a, the, the king hires workers and he um, has, all of them are doing a job for a long time. And one of his workers does an incredible job. So when everyone comes into the king to get paid, so the king altogether, the, the worker who works better than everybody else and everyone else, so the king says to um, all the workers, let me first pay all the other workers, and then I'll pay you, the worker who is working harder than everybody else. Let me first take care of them, the, the, the many other workers, then that one unique worker who has done the unique job, then I'll pay him back. So this parable is about the reward that God gives to the world. God doesn't just reward the Jewish people for their work. God rewards all nations. Everyone who serves God gets a reward. But the Jewish people are called a unique worker who does a unique job. So God says, I will pay all the other nations in this world. But later, in the world to come, this, this worker, this Jewish people who are doing a unique job, they'll get a different and higher kind of reward. That's what the Medish, uh, that's a full um, parable in Teres Koinim. So according to Teres Koinim, we have a couple of things that come out. Number one, the Jewish people compared to a one worker, while nations in the world compared to, compared to many workers. Um, number two, that um, the, number, there are many workers. No, another thing is that the word for the Jewish people is in the world to come, and their word is in, in this world. So based on this, um, we could explain um, the words of the Torah, I will turn to you from all of my, my attention. All, I'll turn away from everything else that I'm doing to pay attention to you. The, the emphasis is from everything else. It means that God has his things that he does, his regular things, but here the Torah says, I'll stop everything I'm doing to give you the reward. Isn't, without the Medrash telling us anything, we would have a question. The question would be, why does it say God turns away from all of his work to pay us a reward? Isn't that something he does? In other words, by the Torah saying he turns away from all of his other affairs to pay us a reward, that sounds like that that's not one of the things he does. In other words, there are things that God does, and then there's something else he's going to do now that he never does before. But paying back a reward for our mistress would seem to be part of his, uh, in his resume, I don't know, in his, in his things that he does. But Rashi says he turns away from all of his work to pay us a reward. It sounds like that this paying us a reward is not considered one of the things that he does. Isn't giving reward to God's creatures one of the 13 principles of our faith? Isn't, something, isn't that something that he does? Why does Rashi say he turns away from everything he does to pay us a reward? That, this, 
beginning of the reward is part of part of his uh, mojo, if you will. So, so why does Rashi say he turns away from everything that he does? So to answer this, Rashi gives this parable. The parable answers this. How does the parable answer this? There are different kinds of reward. The reward that God gives to all the nations is a reward in this world. And there's a unique reward he's going to give to us in the world to come. He's going to turn away from this world, turn away from the, the paying attention to what's going on in this world. And then when Mashiach comes, he's going to give us a unique reward or the reward that's given in the world to come in Ganeiden. It's a unique kind of thing. So that's why it's, Hashem describes it as turning away from all of my affairs. I'm turning away from all the things I do for the nations of the world, and I'm giving you something special that I don't give to anybody else. So there is, so earlier on, the Torah uses this expression as well, because the Torah is talking about an individual who is paying, being paid by God. So God says, I'm turning away from everybody else to pay you your reward. But here, the Torah is talking about all the Jewish people getting paid by God. So that, so that was our question. Isn't that something that he does? The answer is, we're, not ta- we're talking about the Jewish people vis-a-vis the nations of the world. And that's unique. That God is going to uniquely reward the Jewish people. And that's why it's called something he's going to turn to us, away from the rest of the world, to give us a unique reward. There is a regular reward he gives everybody else. And then there's a unique reward that he gives us. That may be what Rashi is trying to say. That's why he gives, he gives us his parable. To, to tell us about how um, uh, we are the unique worker who does this unique kind of job and everyone else has, has a different kind of job and because we have a unique job, we have a unique reward and, um, and, therefore, um, and therefore the Torah um, uses, the, the God says he's going to turn away from everyone else to give us reward. That's what you might want to say. The problem with saying this is that may be what the Torah's Kohanim is saying. That may be what Rashi's source is saying. But Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi... Um, he just says um, a, a, an example of a parable of a king who hire workers, etc. If his main point was that everyone else is considered to be one of God's many workers, and we are a unique worker who does something special, if that's what Rashi meant to highlight, he should have said so. Rashi doesn't say that. Rashi just, just uh, says an example of a king who hires workers, etc., so, so what's the, um, it must be that those words themselves are the answer, and they're answering a question that, we don't know what that question is. What is the question that Rashi is trying to answer with, with just those three words? An example of a king who hires workers. What is, what's missing from uh, the Torah that is satisfied by that parable? A king hires workers. It's answered like this. Um, there are if you're a king, everyone in the, in the country has a responsibility to serve you. Your service to the king is not considered something special, something unique you're doing for the king. You're obligated. You're as a, a member of the, uh, I'm not thinking of like King Charles uh, III, that's just a formality, but in a real kind of monarchy, you have a responsibility to the king. Henry VIII. What? Henry VIII. Tell me about Henry VIII. Walk with her head. Oh, exactly. Well, not exactly the next thing you do, but yeah, that's the idea. So, 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 so there's a responsibility you have. When does the king hire a worker? Why would he hire a worker? You've got to do it. So the, the reason the king hires a worker is because he's not asking the people to do something that they're regularly um, obligated to for the king. He's asking them to do something unique that, that, that no one else does. He wants, them to, he wants them to focus on the king and do something beyond what they're doing. And when they do this, then there's a unique kind of reward. 
when there is, there is a service that everyone's obligated to do for the king, then there's something unique. And that is what the Torah is talking about. Look at the first verse of the sixth Torah portion. There's a double Torah portion this week. And again, the second Torah portion this week. Bechokosai. Second Torah portion this week says, if, uh, if you'll follow my decrees and observe my commandments, Rashi says, it can't be talking about um, just uh, keeping God's commandments because it says it twice. You'll f- walk in my com- commandments and follow my commandments. Rashi says it must be talking about something else. What's talking about? Yeah. To charge someone with a test. Thank you. That, that's do something beyond what, the, what, what they're. What, that, that's that's a word to, to describe what. Ah. ah, a charge. Excellent. Excellent. Good. The king charges people with a task, something beyond. So we see this uh, this um, obser- this devotion to Hashem also des- described in this Torah portion. This idea of being charged, going beyond. How so? Rashi says, when it says you will walk on my commandments, it can't mean just doing mitzvahs, because it says in the next phrase, and you will guard my mitzvahs. Rather, what does it mean? What it means is that you will work hard in the study of Torah. There is the obligation you have to study Torah. That's an obligation. You will, wa- you will go in my commandments means that you're going to serve God beyond limitations. You're going to work hard in the Torah. Not just what you have to do, what you're meant to do, but you're going to put yourself into it beyond what you're required. So this means that there is a regular reward that God gives us for doing regular service. Then when we do the additional service beyond the, what the law requires, there's an additional kind of reward. So that means in this Torah portion, when it talks about the reward for Torah mitzvahs, it's also talking about two different kinds of reward. That explains something else. It should have said, before talking about any reward, any reward, the Torah should have introduced the reward with God saying, I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to turn to you and pay you back. But that's not what the Torah does. The Torah begins with, keep my mitzvahs, and here's a reward A, B, and C. And then later, in the middle of the Torah portion, God says, and I'll turn to you. Why doesn't he say, I'll turn to you first? First, I'll turn to you, and then say all the rewards. But it doesn't do it. God says, I'll give you rain, I'll give you this, I'm going to give you that. And then God says, and I'll turn to you. What, what, what's happening in the middle? What's happening is, the first section is describing the regular reward based upon our obligation. God's turning to us refers to a unique reward that's beyond what the, um, what the regular reward would be for just showing up to what we're obligated to do. That's why it says it in the middle, because it's referring to something unique as a result of us putting ourselves into it more, putting our, our, our inner strength and devoting ourselves beyond what our, uh, we think we can handle, putting ourselves heart, work, making ourselves work as in the language of our prayers every morning, with all our heart and soul and might in, in a way that that's, we're, we're, we're giving, we're working really hard. So that requires, that, that gives us a different kind of reward. That explains another thing. Right? What does it say right, right after I will turn to you? After it says I will turn to you, it says... I will make you fruitful, and I will make you multiply. What's that blessing? So Rashi says, means, I will make you fruitful and multiply. Now, it would seem, without Rashi saying anything, that the words the Torah uses here mirror the words in Genesis. I will make you fruitful, and I will make you multiply. And Rashi says over there, what does Vifresi mean? Vifresi means I'll make you fruitful that one person has one child. 
What is, I'll make you multiply that one person has many children. That's a blessing God gave to all mankind. You'll be fruitful and multiply that one person can have many children. So, we, so here Rashi says that the first phrase, I'll make you fruitful, includes fruitful and multiply. Why? What's forcing Rashi to say this? Because the Torah is saying God says I'm going to turn to you. God says I'm going to turn to you means something unique, not what God gives the rest of mankind, something different. What's different? So in a regular scenario, although there's a blessing that one person give birth to many, but who says that chain will go on forever? Could be that chain can stop. Maybe one person in the middle of, of uh, one of the generations will be barren and he, and he will not have children. So the blessing that God gives the Jewish people in merit of them exerting themselves in Torah beyond limitation is that not only will they give, have birth to children, but the child that they will have, the one child, will also be a child that will be able to have another child. That God says, that one child that you'll have will also multiply. Not, not just that you'll have a child or many children, but even the blessing in one children will be in a way that, it's, that, it's, that it multiplies, that, it's, that, it's, that it goes on forever. And therefore, Rashi says the next phrase, and I'll make you multiply, is not referring to having children. Rashi says, I'll multiply you, meaning you'll go with upright, you'll walk upright, you'll walk proudly, you will, um, I think the simple translation is you won't be hunched over, but I think it also means you'll be proud, you'll walk, you'll walk with pride, you'll walk with, 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 with stolz. Stolz means with, uh, with courage. Okay. So, so that's the um, simple meaning of, of the verse according to Rashi. Now let's look at the deeper meaning of this. I mean, th- th- these words of Torah beg for a deeper understanding. I'm going to turn to you. I'm going to turn to you. Like, what is God limit? Is God limited? He has to like focus on one thing at a time. What does it mean? He's going to turn to us. What does that mean? Oh, oh. Talking about revelation. What's the difference? In, so, so, so there is, there is involvement, and then there is. A person has a business. In business, they're focused on their business. They're, 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 there is the way the person is by himself, alone. And there's the way the person turns and gets involved in his business. So he's, he is limited and he is drawn out from his, himself and he is focused on the business. In a similar way, there is God's infinite light, that our way is beyond creation. And there is a way God limited and contracted his light to be the source for creation, to make the world. So that's a contraction. That's, a, that's not himself. The idea of God turning away from all of his, fair, of his fears to give us something means that because a Jew has decided, not just decided, but has given his whole core to God, he's serving Hashem beyond his nature, he's putting his whole essence, his whole being in the service of God, he's putting his whole self there, so therefore not only does, does he, is, does he, is he part of the flow of sustenance that God gives the world as God's business, so to speak, but he connects to God's essence. To the, way, to the way Jewish people and God are one. In other words, the idea of God turning to us means that's not just a, a regular involvement, but that God himself, in his essence, becomes one with us. <clears throat> it's not just that God's giving us something, <clears throat> using revelation. That God, that God himself becomes one with us, that there's something more than just sustenance. He becomes, he unites with us. But based on that, there's another question. If that's what God means, that he's going to give us himself, that he's going to unite with us in a unique way, in merit of us uniting with him in a unique way. That's what the Torah says. The Torah says you're going to get physical rewards. Physical reward A, physical reward B. It doesn't even mention any spiritual rewards. They we're talking just about revelation of God, God turning to us in his, from his very core, beyond the creation. This creation is limited life. He's going to give us from his essence. Because the Jewish people in Hashem are one, therefore he gives us from his core. And, and as a result of us giving our core, 
So therefore, he gives his, it's, it's essence to essence, it's face to face. If that's what it's talking about, why physical reward? He answers like this. The yardstick that measures spiritual reward as something better than physical reward is a limited yardstick. It's a yardstick that, um, that measures things um, that have a, a def- have a definition, that have a beginning and an end. When things have a definition, that have a beginning and an end, they say this is bigger. Spiritual is bigger than physical because spiritual is better than physical. However, we're talking about God's essence. We're talking about something which is truly infinite. It's beyond limitations of, of uh, the finite and infinite. God's turning to us from his essence. So then it, there's no, there's no, there's no, um, there's no um, distinction of if it's given in this way, not in that way. Elsewhere, Chassidus highlights the translation of the word engraved. When something touches your essence, think about experiencing joy. If you're happy, you may smile. If you're very happy, you may sing. If, you, if something has touched your essence, it's going to go straight from happy to dance. It's going to touch your, it's going to be happy in your feet. When something touches your very core, it's not just, it doesn't have any fine expression in the higher faculties, it finds expression in every facet of your, of your persona. So too, because we're talking about God himself turning to us, therefore it's not limited only to the spiritual, not the physical. If it was a limited kind of energy, then you'd be then right, it would only be spiritual. But because the, the Jew turns to Hashem and works hard in the study of Torah with his very core, God turns to us at this very core, and therefore the, 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 there is not just a spiritual blessing, but there's a physical blessing in an open and clear way, in a way of, of abundance without, without any limits. And that's not relegated just to, to things which you look at as higher. It's, it's, it's in everything. That, that highlights that it's coming from his essence, because it, since it comes from his essence, it's not only one specific thing. It's in everything. Just when something touches our essence, it touches our, every facet of our persona, including our physical. So too, because God is rewarding us, not just a regular reward, but because we've turned to him from our whole being, therefore the reward is in everything. And the main thing is we should see the reward, not in the world to come, but uh, we should see the reward in this world, coming Mashiach, we should see it happen soon. Now, we want Mashiach, we want Mashiach. Yeah. Amen. All right. Any questions, comments? Questions or comments? Okay. Um, Go ahead. So, what about getting drunk? What about getting high?